Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Tonight, we got them, Goldie, the Sulk, and J.C. And it starts right now. So, welcome back to a special episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing, but we love writers, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're just bringing him right out. It's our first ever three-time guest, yes. and uh, he was our first ever second-time guest, so he's getting all the honors. Um, this man was uh, my boss for many years. He ran Family Guy through what I think was its funniest period. He then became president of the Writers Guild, and uh, you may remember he brought the agencies to their knees <laughs> over packaging, and I love saying that because Matt Rice hates it so much. Um, he's now uh, a member of the uh, WGA Negotiating Board. We're going to be talking to him a lot about that, and since we've last spoken, he's won awards for his excellent film, Honor Society, which love we're it. not here to promote. That's not what today is about, but that <laughs> did happen in the interim, so it felt worth mentioning, and it's a great movie. I loved it so much. Please okay. welcome back Mr. David Goodman. David, Woo-hoo! thank you for being here today. Oh, Hi, it's a pleasure, as always. Uh, oh, boy. Let's take that again. David, <laughs> welcome back. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> it's a pleasure, oh, as no. always. Now there's a question mark. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, well, we're, we're excited to talk to you, uh, about what's going on with the strike. And I know, I know Goldie, uh, had a question that he, uh, wanted to ask you when we get started here today. What? No, no, Goldie. you already blew it. We already blew the joke. There's no, no, there's no question. <laughs> oh. Wait. First joke of the day. First joke of the day. Wait, we're not doing that today, JC. That's not what this is about today. <laughs> no, <laughs> you were supposed to list his qualifications and say, but you're here to promote your movie. Oh, wow. I sent you a oh, text you guys, about this. Wow. That was the joke that he's not I, allowed to because we're I, on, I, in the guild I, and I on thought... strike. Unlucky oh, three. I, the whole show And then show instead, falls you just apart. threw to me awkwardly after you half made the joke. <laughs> Guys, we and gotta go, have Goldie solidarity here. We've gotta <laughs> have solidarity. I know. Is, we're, we're, you we're, guys, unity is this really is important. Tearing me apart. <laughs> Hold on. Moving on. Uh, moving. There he is, <laughs> David, talking to himself. That's familiar. So obviously, uh, David, since we last had you here, and you were kind enough in in week one of the strike mm. to come on and talk about it. Day one. Um, there have been some major developments. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows by now 
that the Screen Actors Guild has joined us on the picket line, striking against... Oh, wait, those aren't writers? Uh, no, there's way better oh, looking I thought there Goldie. were just like a lot of writers I didn't know about. Those are actors? Yeah, a lot oh, of... Right. When, when have you seen gorgeous writers? That just never happens. It looks like a hot refugee camp. <laughs> Very hot. Hot and, and double meaning of hot. Right. Um, so, David, since uh, SAG has joined, it, it really feels like uh, that's a big shot in the arm for the whole uh, strike situation. What right. what uh, was was your take on them coming out on strike, and how do you think that helps us? Well, I think that the I mean it it is it's a it's a game changer. The two unions haven't been on strike at the same time for you know fifty years or and uh, yeah. sixty whatever however long ago it was. It was nineteen sixty, I think. Yeah, Reagan um, was Reagan was in charge then. Reagan was president of the Screen Actors Guild. He was the, he was the, he was the, yeah, Reagan, Ronald Reagan was president of the Screen Actors Guild and was president when they went on strike. Is this you soft launching your campaign for president? (laughs) It's unfortunately my, maybe my only career option, but I, but I kid, I kid, I kid the industry. I, uh, but um, uh, no, it's, it's, it's huge, and and really, what it really speaks to is the AMTTP, uh, the companies that we were uh, negotiating with, this organization that represents the companies, played out a strategy, a strategy that they've done before, which is to go. It, we went out on strike, so they pretended to ignore us and <laughs> negotiate a deal with DGA, and DGA feels they got a good deal for themselves, and then they went into negotiations with SAG, and they did not expect that SAG was going to go out. Uh, but the, a lot of the issues that writers are facing, actors are facing, and even and, and they have a lot more of their own issues about making a living as an actor. And SAG has realized that they weren't going to get what they needed for their membership unless they went out, that they were being stonewalled by the AMPTP. And they went out. And it it's amazing and it's yeah. an amazing i'm i'm very impressed with how they they organize themselves and 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 they're now joining us on the picket line i mean they have their weirdly it's like we're unified in the sense that we're fighting the companies but they have their strike and we have ours oh, <laughs> but it feels they, like they just be <laughs> they are just but um i'm very happy for that union that you know, it's a, it's a it's a struggle. It, it uh, strikes are difficult things, but they're they're standing up for themselves, and and they're going to get a much better deal than they would have if they hadn't gotten a strike, which is what's going to happen. Well, well let me ask well. you this: as a member of both unions, would, would you call me a hero or two heroes? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because I'm a member of both unions too. <laughs> And I hadn't, spent, I hadn't spent any time thinking about that, but it's good. It's good, to, it's good now to think, oh, maybe. Five yeah. heroes on here? We're all, no, no, we have six heroes on oh, here. Oh, you're JC, you're, you're a hero as well, JC, Aww. so let's not, let's not shortchange you. But so, David, you said in, in that first answer that um, while uh, SAG and the WGA do definitely have some overlap in terms of the issues right. uh, we're both fighting for, uh, they are separate strikes. Yes. So this leads to another question. Is there a thought or an idea 
that one will not happen without the other? Like, does our solidarity reach a point where it's like, well, we're not going to sign off on it until you handle the actors or would the actors say, we're not going to sign off on our deal until you handle the writers? Is that something you've been talking about? I mean, the the, the staffs of the two unions talk, they, they, there's coordination, there's discussion, there's there's a lot of communication I don't think that those are things that that have been talked about because at right now the companies aren't uh, negotiating with either one of us. Right. Uh, but I think that more important, the more important takeaway is that the companies recognize they've got to make a deal with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, what one. One union will be able to uh, draft off uh, the deal of the other, however that however that comes to pass. Right. And so now um, I, I posted a, a picture on Instagram the other day of the of the Black Knight from Monty Python with his arms <laughs> arms and legs cut off. Um, and now this isn't a promo. For How many my, likes uh, are we talking? Or this isn't a promo for my wildly like, my wildly entertaining tweet? Instagram. It's not a promo for my Instagram. It's, it's not like oh, Lifesavers presents the cut up night. Do more Alex people Hulk. listen? Do more people listen to the podcast than are on your Instagram? Is that? Uh, like, you know? um, I think it's close. It's, it's right close. around. Really? It's right around the same. And there's um, no overlap. There's no overlap. <laughs> there's there's some overlap. So, do you ever Our, see a turtle race in a bar? Yeah, that's kind of what we're we're dealing with here. But the question is, did did I mean is that a fair? assessment of what the AMPTP has done to themselves. Did they make a big tactical blunder by assuming that they could isolate one union and instead now they have two very strong unions uh, mm-hmm. kind of fighting against them? I, I think that the, the way I look at it is that they, they were disconnected from really what was going on on the ground and that uh, the company CEOs Stayed out of it. We're sort of like let let Carol Lombardini and the MPTP do their job, which they are have been very good at doing for a long time of making sure we don't get paid very much. <laughs> and I mean, they're very good at it. She, yes. She's an excellent negotiator. Uh, however, in this case, things had changed so much, uh, and they were really disconnected from how people who work in Hollywood were feeling about their futures, about uh, about their livelihoods. And the unions, both unions, realized they had to do something. But but I think it was more a, a, a illustration of how disconnected they were. Now, you know, the, the CEOs are going to have to, like, get involved. They're going to have to say, uh, all right, we, we need a deal here. I mean, it's so interesting, some of the narratives that would come out, the sort of fear-mongering narratives that, oh, the companies can ride this out, oh, the companies uh, don't care about strikes, that they'll be fine. Uh, Netflix stock dropped <laughs> like yeah. precipitously mm. the other day. The best sign that picketing matters is that Universal cut down the trees in front of yeah. where we were picketing that. to get rid of shade. That's yeah. humane. I mean, if, if, is, yeah. is that yeah. like, if, okay, is that a real, because part of me saw that and uh, the internet traffic and thought this was Coney all over again and this was an internet trap to get people to tweet about it and stuff and then they would go, no, 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 the city does that. You fucking idiots! Like, but no, that's a the, real thing. Like, we should talk it, about that for a second, a right? It, it, it seems to be real that that they they, they didn't get a permit, right. that that it was immediately investigated, and then they didn't like the bad PR, so they sent tents and water for the picketers. But 
Why did they do it in the first place? Yeah. That it's like a bad time of year to cut down the trees because that's like it's like I, the nesting. I just want to like for right. people who aren't quite oh, familiar sorry, with ahead, what we're right. talking about. There were these trees on the picket line path with significant foliage and overhang. They were very nice trees. And they took such a hatchet to them. Like, yeah. it, it's an evil cartoon version of trimming a tree yeah. it, on the hottest day of the year. It's like, let's do everything but murder, like, four <laughs> fucking trees <laughs> yes. in the most cartoonish way possible so that these people can have no shade. I mean, and and I wanted to buy a banner that said... Brought to you by the guys who did Peacock. <laughs> because that to me, it's it's the Peacock version of cutting a tree. <laughs> Where, like, so I, but I, I thought maybe that this was kind of an, an example of the internet kind of taking one thing and not, but I, it's real. It seems like it seems it like there was like, a meeting I, I, and they did like this. It. I, I can't figure out how they came to that decision. It does, it, it, they don't usually do it this time of year they, I, that it, it affects the nesting in the trees. It's like there's the environmental aspect of it and it, and they're ripping up the sidewalks at universal. It does really feel like that they hate the picketing and you could get <laughs> fined yeah. like, you know, I I was reading that supposedly you might have to replace those trees with full adult trees, yeah. and the cost of that could run a million dollars, which I, would be you know, so great. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but it it to me like this lesson that I I think that we writers do sort of I mean they're out on the picket lines, we've got a lot of support, but then there can be a feeling, well, what is this picketing doing? What it, what is it doing? And it's like. That's a sign right there that it's doing something. It's like yes. they want this to stop. They yes. hate this. <laughs> yeah. They I, hate driving yeah, past yeah. us with our picket signs. <laughs> so uh, you know, and so to me, that's like that's really powerful. Yeah, uh, that that they would go to this much trouble and then realize, oh shit, this is this PR hit we took is not worth it. Send yeah. them water in tents. Right. Like the whole thing is is such a great sign that that this work that we're doing on the picket line matters. Yes. Yes. I want to take you into a hypothetical meeting. We're <laughs> we're, we're now on their side. And we say, "Okay. They've side. been out there while the actors have joined them. This is not great for us. We will need to make some kind of deal at some point." You know, this seems to have increased their leverage. Maybe we go over the deal points again and see if there's anywhere where we can give a concession that they can get a PR win, that we can get a PR win. Then someone speaks up and says, what if we just cut down the fucking trees and bake them to death? And that, that, that got traction somehow in this meeting. They're like, we'll just fucking bake them. We'll bake them. We'll what bake kind them. of meeting is this? What kind of organization? What? But, uh, you know, like I was trying to explain to my mom, and by the way, I wanted to bring this up to you. You, David, how do you respond to my mom who said she doesn't want me out picketing because it's too hot? <laughs> uh, I'll sidebar that with you later. But to uh, someone I, like I would like say to my, your mom, I would say to your mom, <laughs> I would say to your mom, look, he's he's not that popular to begin with. This is where all his friends are. You want him to have friends, right, mom? You want him to have friends? This is where his friends are. How's that? Does that help? That's pretty good. She, That's a I don't, yeah. I don't know if she answer. cares if I have friends. Um, <laughs> Because then I wouldn't need mommy as much. Um, so, but I, 
like I was explaining to someone like my mom, who's who's outside the industry though, but who you try to say, here's who we've I've been dealing with in a 25 plus year career. Like this is the mentality of every time I feel like I go. I, I'm asking for something. And a lot of the times it was for a show I was doing where it was, you know, like a particular piece of casting or a set or something where we had to spend some money. And this is such a, a, a perfect illustration of when it's bad, how bad it is, that they would just, rather than negotiate, just go, let's... I, and I, I said this once in a meeting on a phone call and it got me in a lot of trouble. But I... They're holding a gun to their own head and telling us they have a hostage. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're going, this is insane. Like, you're just going like this. You've got a gun to your temple and you're going, I'll do it. And you're cutting, you're defacing your own studio to the street to bake us (laughs) rather than like engaging in the process with the people who create the product. That built the studio. Uh, yes, <laughs> I think that there is a, a left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing aspect to this as well too. Like I don't know, I don't know where those decisions get made. I don't know. I, I don't think they came from the top. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think <laughs> the top of that company said, "You know what? Cut down the trees." <laughs> I, I I just don't think that happened. I think that there were. Uh, there may have been some confusion. It might not have been about us. It may not have been. Like, I wasn't there. I don't know. Right. It certainly looks like it yeah. was. There yeah. seems to be a lot of evidence that they somebody did it. With intent. To yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, but you, you don't know. The, these companies are so large, you don't know where these decisions are, are getting made. I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting point. And, and to that point, a, a couple weeks ago now, there was a quote that came out unattributed by a studio executive and stating that their plan was to make this strike last basically Mm -hmm. until we lost uh, our homes now. And that talk about bad PR and like evil Disney villains, literally. (laughs) Um, uh, When you heard that, how did you feel about that? You know, I look, I, I read the article and, and it's hilarious because it's, it's, I have a little bit of a different take on it than 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 other. I don't. I don't think any CEO said that. I don't think anybody who's you know. I think it was like a, an industry veteran who was <laughs> who was uh, intimate with the CEO's point of view, like that. <laughs> right. Like these anonymous sources. It's like that could be some. It could have been Alec. It could have been, could have been Alec. Generate contact. You know, I, that, you know, industry veteran. I mean, you know, uh, but I. I so I feel like that reporter. You know, he he put together this article. He talked to a bunch of people who were uh, CEO adjacent, but weren't even may not even be working for the companies. And yeah. and people talk out of their fucking asses all the time to get quoted in uh, the industry press. And this art, this guy wrote this article, and he put together all these quotes and and to get clicks. And he mm-hmm. succeeded. Yeah, he succeeded. Like that's all anybody's been talking about. And I, you know, that they came out and denied. The AMPTP made a denied that this was anybody that they knew, and I oh. believe them. I I really don't think you know there were so many things in that article that didn't make any sense. Well, they were ready for this. They were they, they even before the WGA went out. This this was the strategy. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. Bullshit. They none of them wanted strikes. Yeah. So to me, that that article is it's more like don't don't believe don't believe quotes that aren't attributed to anybody. So you're. Yeah. Saying 
that the plan isn't to make us all homeless and then cut down every tree in Griffith Park. <laughs> so we make to death as these guys at, while we're these, homeless. These, these CEOs are in the business of making stuff. Uh, you know, they that this is important to them to make stuff. I, I know that like there's always this theory that they could that they don't need to make stuff that they can uh, ride this out forever and starve us out. They got to make stuff. And again, looking at Netflix's stock drop to me, that that's a great sign right there. They've got to get back to the table and make a deal with us. And they recognize that, but they were playing out a strategy, which was DGA SAG, hoping they would have those two deals to weaken us. Okay. Um, but but I, I look at that article and it's like, it's a bunch of fucking assholes giving anonymous quotes, wanting to feel important. There may be some people who said things like that, but that wasn't a strategy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's a very uh, generous perspective of you, and that's that's <laughs> uh, no, that's good to hear. But something that definitely was attributed was the um, the interview with Bob Iger mm-hmm. from their Sun Valley right. Uh, right. conference, which was last week. And now, f- full transparency, Bob Iger is our overboss, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he's not somebody who we want to come right. out here and malign necessarily, but. The, the, the well, tone... we don't have deals, so no one's our boss right now. Right, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Away all our deals. We're yeah, bossless. We're, yeah, we're ro- right. we're Ronan, right. just wandering Ronan, the countryside. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, JC, I got you with that one. Huh? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but the the tone of that interview seemed tone deaf to me. And yes. when uh, in your leadership position with the WGA, is that something you're just like? Yes, please keep coming on television and talking about this stuff because you sound very out of touch. Look, I I, <laughs> I think that that's been, I think, a problem for some of these people in charge is, again, a disconnect for what's happening on the ground. I think that SAG going on strike probably surprised him. And uh, his response was to say, we're we're being unrealistic. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, <laughs> this I, uh, is reality. <laughs> we're out. Uh, like <laughs> yeah. you got to figure out some way to make a deal with us, whether we're being unrealistic or not. I, yeah. uh, I think that, uh, that, that really is, is all of a piece. They, they, they left it to the MPTP. The MPT is a broken system. It doesn't, it, it's not set up to address these very serious problems that these unions are having. And now they're sort of caught uh, a little flat-footed, and that was a negotiating move, probably on his part, to say, you know, I'm not folding to the to this union pressure. Right. Uh, but I also know that that all those guys have to now figure out how do we get these guys off strike. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. can we talk about the executive compensation part of it for a second? Because I, I think one of the things that caused such resentment about that quote, saying we're unrealistic, was then it right. you know it comes out he makes more in a day every day than the average writer makes in a year. And then on the internet, I saw a picture of his yacht, which is like, you know, the size of the love boat or bigger. I mean, it's huge. (laughs) And so, you know, one of the things is someone who, you know, reads the Wall Street Journal and whatever, like executive compensation is in many ways a separate issue. It's like, and if that's your issue, you can buy a share of Disney stock and go to a shareholder meeting and yell about it, I feel like. But Mm -hmm. I will also say that, they appear to have gotten themselves in a catch-22, where if their companies are doing as well as they say for them to merit this compensation, right. 
then certainly there's the money to pay us. But if they, they're not doing well and they don't have the money to pay us, then certainly they don't merit this compensation. Right. And right. so what am I wrong in this assessment? Well, I, I, again, again I look at it like slightly differently. They somehow convinced their, the people that they work for that they're worth that money. Like yeah. they, they made an argument and we're mm-hmm. worth this money. And I'm not going to argue with that, but I'm going to say we're making the same argument. We're That's worth right. this money. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so so we're, we're living in a very weird world. Like when I was growing up, there was one billionaire, J. Paul Getty. That was the one <laughs> one billionaire. Yeah. Now we have a billionaire class. And I think I, there's a class of people who are billionaires. And I think that that what's changed uh, in America is that we used to laud the businessman. The businessman was the hero. The self, and now we're sort of seeing, well, no, there's a disparity here. They're getting overpaid in our minds uh, and we're being underpaid. And uh, th- there's no way to justify being having to make that much money. But having said that, they made an argument. They convinced a lot of people they were worth it. I can't do anything about that, but I can say we're doing the same thing. Yeah. So, well, last time you were on the podcast, I made an offer. You didn't take me up on it, which was I would go into any meeting and jump on a table and go completely uh, apeshit. Uh, all right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, 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 you know passed, that expired. The offer expired. Oh, yeah. take it. That's I, I was going to do it. I was going to do it. Offer two. Oh. New offer. I will settle this. With a one-on-one yacht race with Bob Iger. <laughs> but first, yes. but first, we have to buy you a yacht. Well, no, we'll figure out the yacht part. Someone will give me a yacht. But would you right, sign right. off on? They're on a dock cheering Iger. The writers are on a dock cheering me. We go to the open ocean yacht race for all the beans. <laughs> this was the this was the plot I, I, of summer. You like these contests? This yeah. was the plot of Summer Rental, by the way, with John Candy. <laughs> Wasn't there some... Didn't you challenge Travis Bow or something? There yeah, was a strikeout yeah, yeah. Thing? Oh, don't how, bring how did that, that up. How did that go? Don't bring how did that, that up. Oh, I, 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 I got him to two strikes. I jammed him on a few inside pitches, and then he hit a few weak grounders. It's, it's, you it's you know this, that was all so recorded. I, I, I right? feel like that your record there isn't enough for me to sort of go all in on. Good, on, David. On. Thank you. Um, well, that offer aside, was which really I think is, that would actually be fun, and Goldie, you'd have to, like John Candy, use your pants as the extra sale <laughs> that would actually get you over the top. But uh, let's talk for a minute, David, about, because um, this is something that's really come up this time. And, and I think the AMPTP seems like they, they weren't necessarily ready for this part of it, which is the difference between the legacy media companies and the new streaming companies. It feels like there's a a wide divide within the AMPTP where certain companies like the legacy media companies, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, Fox, are have much more impetus to get this done than, say, right. a company like Amazon or Apple. Do you right. feel like there's a, a there's friction within the AMPTP about that? Well, I don't, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I don't know what happens in that room. I don't have any information that there is there. That, speaking to what you're saying, though, it does seem logical that uh, companies that are relying on the fall season, the fall network season, which feeds shows to their streaming platforms and does make a huge difference. Like I've heard like Abbott Elementary gets a couple million views on ABC Word airs, and then when it streams to Hulu, another 10 million people watch it. And so obviously yes. that's very meaningful to that company. But having said that, even even at those companies, Amazon and Apple, you have 
you still have a lot of executives who are are there to make stuff. And yeah. so this matters to them too. So you hope that it, that 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 pressure of like we're not making anything anymore, we got to start making stuff gets yeah. gets them back to the table and it will. Uh but I I I don't know that how, what goes on in that room is a bit of a black box, but I think that it does seem logical what you're saying that there should be that that conflict. On the other hand, you've got across the board, you know, experienced uh, creative executives at those companies who are in the business to make stuff. The last thing I want to do is sow any discord on that side at all. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. But it would occur to me, were I working for a CBS or or one of these legacy studios, that this strike was weakening me disproportionately. And is it potentially a strategy by an Apple or Amazon and a side benefit to weaken me, to lower my stock, to lower my purchase price for them to swoop in and buy me at a friggin' discount because I allied myself mistakenly with them. Mm. And now I've just discounted myself to them for them to consolidate upward. I love this. That's I mean, I think really smart. I think that's the absolutely possible. Because if I'm Apple uh, I, and I want to buy Sony, I just go, hey, right. let's let this go on like eight months. And then, you know, they'll have no new product. They'll yeah. be worth, wow. you know, market capitalization billions less. And we'll just swoop in and buy them for way less. I Whoa. think there will be probably some more uh, consolidation of these companies. Uh, there will probably be, we'll get down to like four streamers at some point. I do think that the regulatory environment now is a little less uh, uh, less friendly because of the Biden administration. So the idea of a merger like that might be harder. They may not be ready to do that quite yet. But I definitely think that is in the future. We will have more of this consolidation. I, I think whether that's actually a strategy in the strike is another question. And I and I don't know I don't know the answer to it. But and that's not that, me auditioning to be a CEO. Right. You're just giving that <laughs> out that's free. Making that argument that you're worth that one, kind though. of money. Pretty good audition. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying these are the types of ideas Apple brings me in <laughs> that like, you know, I, I'm just a guy with ideas. I know billionaires follow Alex Instagram, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know that they follow the podcast. So maybe, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get them. We're, we're getting them. We'll get Mulaney back to snare a few more listeners. Um, now, so you, you brought up uh, Biden. No. Is there a hope uh, on your your end and the SAG end that we can get politicians a little more involved with this strike? Because I haven't heard too much from anyone. Obviously, mm -hmm. the American government is set up to protect big business like right. Apple, like Amazon. Right. Uh, so they're probably hesitant to piss them off. But it does really feel like this is an issue of good and evil in a way. And it feels like mm -hmm. somebody like a Biden or certainly a Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. could be coming out and stumping uh, a little more for us. Is this something that you guys talk about and work on and 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 reach out to your politicians about? I mean, we do, we certainly talk to and, and look for that kind of support, and we and we we get we get that kind of support. Uh, there is a way, though. I think that that there's people who think that somehow if the government got involved uh, in the negotiation, that would help. The, the head of the Teamsters was at uh, this rally mm. uh, the other day and said this thing. It was hilarious. It's much funnier with a Boston accent. Uh, <laughs> but he was talking about, uh, his name's Sean O'Brien. He was talking about like uh, the government getting involved in their, in their negotiation. And he said, uh, you know, I just want to say to the government, the neighborhood I grew up in, two people have been in a fight and has nothing to do with you. Keep walking. And, uh, <laughs> 
and, uh, again, much funnier with a Boston accent <laughs> from a teamster than from me. Right. Uh, but, uh, and, and that's the other thing, too. Like, there was all this talk before SAG went out, like the government was going to have government mediation. And a government mediator doesn't understand the issues the way we do and way and all that's going to do is delay as we try to bring this person up to speed right and there, there's also always going to be that kind of like false equivalency well both sides are yes. wrong here and it's like we've all known how to make a deal we every both sides understand we're going to have to make a deal that nobody's happy with but right. i think that uh we don't we don't need the government to come in Anybody who says we do is just trying to stall, just trying to avoid the final deal making. Right. But is there is there something in between those two, something in between silence and a government mediator that is right. somebody like a Bernie or a, a Biden just you know, making a statement about it? Well, Biden did make a statement saying he, you know, writers should get a, a good deal. I mean, oh, he, very early on, he he did. He it was great. You couldn't apology. hear it because he was falling down the airplane stairs <laughs> while he said. <laughs> All right. I don't think Biden listens to the podcast, does he? No, I, no not yet. Not I, yet. Uh, but um, it's a Johnny joke. It's a Johnny joke. In the... says, oh, there are no Johnny jokes. Yeah. Oh, I see. There are no Johnny jokes. It's this a week? midstream no, Johnny no. joke. No, this is all about you, David. We're not doing Johnny jokes. Had nothing to do with us not wanting to write them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we want that support and and we're getting it. Uh, there is that issue of like a lot of these politicians get a lot of contributions from the CEOs of these companies. So yes. we, we may not we may not see a lot of that support, but but people are, are starting to see it. And, and now because of the studio's unwillingness to address the issues we've raised, we're seeing economic damage in certainly Los Angeles and New York, but also like Georgia and and Illinois, where there's a lot of shooting done. Like so, it, 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 I think we're going to start to see a little more probably uh, government involvement of like, okay, guys, let's 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 figure this out. Let's uh, well, that's cool. Let's make that's, a deal. That's good to know. Now, do you have any thoughts? I'm sure you've been asked this all the time, but it's on, I would say, all of the writers' minds and probably now of most of the actors' minds. Do you have any sense as to when there's going to be a return to the to the negotiating table? I, I don't I don't have a, a sense right now. I do know that you know that a lot of writers ask uh, what what's the end game or is there some way to let them know we're ready to go back and make a deal or all these kinds of things which they know. Uh, the companies know that they have to figure out how to make a deal that they probably want to make sure that again they're not showing too much weakness when when they come back to the room they've got a that there may be back channeling there may be attempts to sort of have off the record conversations how do we do this uh i think that we have a problem with the amptp in the sense of way, the way they negotiate if if we go back to that room with the amptp we have to have some assurance that they're going to address all the things that they refused to address yes uh and again that's clear to them but but they also know we we'd like this strike to end as soon as possible uh just we need we need the deal that that's going to end it in the right way that that's going to address the issues we've raised but the answer, the short answer is no but the the lo longer answer which i'm going to keep rambling on the, the longer answer Please. is that the companies understand 
okay, the, their strategy didn't work. Now they've got to figure out their new strategy to get back in the room with us. We're there. We're waiting. We'll be there as as soon as they say, okay, let's talk. And we'll do it in, there are many different possibilities of how that could happen. And they probably, in some version, all of them will happen. So, yeah. when, when you do go back, which I think will happen eventually, do you anticipate that the side of the room that the writers are sitting on will have a roof? <laughs> or do you think that they'll have like taken the roof off and deprived Direct you of any sunlight. water? <laughs> These are the questions, the serious questions. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can answer that. Okay, yeah, you're not prepared. <laughs> That'd to be answer. predicting. Predicting. I mean, that uh, might be part of the delay is they're trying to yeah. find a room that's half roof, half not roof, where one side's really hot, but the AC works on the other side. Well, they, they can go where they used to film the baseball bunch, and they'll sit in the dugout, and the, the writers will have to sit on the first baseline um so now this is not your first rodeo as they say you've been through this uh with the agencies it's definitely my last rodeo (laughs) (laughs) let's let's hope not well let's hope so in a way um but do you feel like this time around there's something different is there is there a lack of of uh humanity um in this round of not negotiations because they're not happening, but do you notice a difference between say the strike in 08, the, the, the conflict with the agencies and this time, is there something where they feel more entrenched? No, I I don't think so. I, this is the way they always are. Um, Unfortunately, what's different is on the labor side. We're in a different world than we used to be in the sense that uh, there really was a sense uh when we broke, when I broke in, when you guys broke in, that like you were going to have like a, a a career that was going to, uh, you know, pay your bills and you could have yeah. a life. And even with the ups and downs that we all have in our careers, we'd be able to ride those out and it would be fine. And that's completely changed. And yeah. it's changed uh, not not just for the writers, but for the actors. And the idea that uh, unionism is become so much more important to people, not just in this industry, but in all these other industries. Getting all this support uh, from all these other unions and we're supporting them. And it's really just sort of speaking to the haves and the have-nots. And there are a lot of have-nots uh, in our union and in SAG. And yeah. this uh, and and so to me, that's that's what's changed, is that the business has changed in such a way that you can't make a living anymore the way we did. And it's like, all right, We've, we've got to come together and we've got to um, marshal our collective power to get a better deal for all of us. I mean, I'm sounding like I'm making a speech, but it's so... No, make a speech. It's so, mm-hmm. it's so true and you're sort of seeing it. Like, And the way the Teamsters have supported us and IATSE and the craft workers, I mean, it's amazing. And, it, and they all sort of see that like this fight is the tip of the spear and and... That's the change. The change is that the business changed and the people at the top of the business really were a little bit of sleep at the wheel. And now they've got to deal with uh, a bunch of really angry unions who are like saying uh, and workers saying, uh, look, we're not asking for the world. Uh, Just let us make a living. And, And that's the that's what's changed. Well, and that's that's an interesting point that you bring up, because. Uh, you hear from, uh, and Goldie was talking about his mom, and you know we all, I think, talk to people who are not in the business, and they have um, 
possibly an outdated perspective on what's going on because you hear this thing of like, oh, you guys just want to be more rich. You know, you're rich already because you're working right. in Hollywood right. and right. you want to be more rich. So right. can you just talk to that point a little bit? Because I know um, people outside of the industry tend to look at people in the industry as if we're spoiled rich people, right. which of mm -hmm. course, you know, some of us are, yeah. but a lot of us aren't. And I think yeah. they're kind of missing that point. Well, I mean, again, that's sort of around a lot of the issues we've raised in this negotiation is that like there are writers who write for television shows. And again, we're writing on television shows that are making these companies huge amounts of money. And a lot of these writers have to have second jobs. And mm. And actors. Again, that's a very common thing in labor in America that people have to have more than one job. So the but the the problem we have is these companies are enormously profitable. Like like you're making huge amounts of money from the work that we create and we can't pay our bills, we can't afford to live in the city where we're we're expected to work, and yet you you your company is making billions in profit yes. and the way the business changed was because of the streamers they they would start they started doing shorter orders and so they would be like 10 episodes as opposed to the old days where it was like 22 yeah, and eight. again we're not asking for to go back to the old days and saying you know the business changed and you got it's your business but if you want us to do this work we should be able to make a living wage we should be able to support ourselves we're not again and there's a whole slew of people who've entered the business who see writing as kind of like i, I don't know that i can afford to be a writer and that's right. insane given the profits the companies are making yeah hey i, I want to make just a brief point here because and it, it it speaks to sort of when we talk about this podcast and you know we we sign on and we say it's a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing and obviously right. that's a joke Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we do and we don't. Right. We do, you know, we right. love having written. The process can be agonizing. But I think what the CEOs don't understand, and when you, when you talk about someone having two jobs to have this job, is right. the enormous passion people have to do this and that they really love their job. And so when you talk about AI, like, and for the writer's part, we can sit and debate whether the, the, real, the realism of a, an AI coming up with a show. I don't know. But when you talk about on the acting side, scanning an extra so that you can use their face infinitely in the future so they won't have to come to set. You've taken the one job in America. That person would kill to be on set. Right. All that person right. wants yeah. to do in their life is be a small part of this huge thing. They want to have their face literally in the background. Everyone, if you talk to an extra, has probably sacrificed an enormous amount of their lives to be a presence on that set. They've gone to acting class to literally have a, not a foot in the door, a fucking toenail in yeah. the door to be on that set. And, and if you said to them, uh, I'll pay you the same and you don't have to be here, I guess I guarantee they would get down on their knees and beg you and tell you, <laughs> no, I want to be here. I mm -hmm. want to be on set. And everyone feels that way. Like if you talk to you know, the, the wardrobe people, the hair people, Everyone on a set has a story of how they got to the set, why they got to the set, what it means to them to be on the set. And that, 
you know, I think that what we're seeing is a disconnect on their side that they don't understand what we do. They spend very mm-hmm. little time on sets. They don't understand how a writer's room works. They, they don't understand how their product gets made. And so, I like I told Alec earlier in the week, I was watching this stupid show on Netflix called QB. It's about quarterbacks. And there's this quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Everyone hates him. He's a cheese ball. And I was literally in tears because he went back to his where he was on his first team and he won this meaningless game. And then his teammates gathered around him. But, like, we do this. And here comes the emotional sneak attack. We do this because we love being a part of something, right? We want to be a part of something, you know, for whatever legacy means. But, like, I feel like on on the CEO class side, they want to be apart from everything. They want a private jet. They want to be behind a velvet rope. They want to be in in a boardroom. They don't want to go into Disneyland the same entrance we do. They want a private club. And I just think that, like, look— be a part. Don't be a part. Yeah. Be a part wow. of something. Join us. Like people are very fucking passionate. That's what we do. we do this because we love it, right. yeah. and we want to be able to keep doing it. Yeah, that's a great point. Wow, that's beautiful. Now, that's if point. I said that in the WGA meeting, do I get applause? <laughs> yes, yes, you get applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to the next meeting. Yeah. No, I don't want to. That's why I did it here. <laughs> well, I'll repeat it. Be a part. Don't be a part. Oh, I think that that passion that you're talking about, and I, I agree with you, is one of the reasons why. And I hate put, writing. <laughs> one of the reasons we put up with we've put up with not getting paid enough. We've put up with uh, not being able to support ourselves is because we really do love this work. And uh, and they've taken advantage of that, and we're yes. saying you got to stop taking advantage of it. It's now it's it's time to pay us, and yes. uh, that that's the that that that's always the the thing that I talk about is that in all the interactions that we have with the studios, whether it's your individual deal to ma- for a show or in these union negotiations, is the writers fear that I don't deserve to get to do this. They're going to take it away, and the company's understanding that, yes. and understanding that uh, we're we're desperate to be reasonable. We're desperate to get the deal, and it's like, oh, oh, if I if I talk too loudly, they're if I demand too much, they're going to just take it away. Not only that, this will not only be, I won't get this deal. I won't ever get another one. Uh, oh, and, and they that, will. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they will. <laughs> Yeah, Goldie, that was a, a very well said, very really? nice, impassioned yeah. uh, speech. Um, and David, uh, this is this is just a special uh, episode podlet today. You've been mm-hmm. uh, very generous with your time. We're not going to keep you much longer. We know you have many things to do in your day. But um, just tell us for a minute, how do you feel? Uh, what's the feeling about what how it went down with the DGA? Because now it's WGA and SAG on strike. Is there a feeling like, well, the DGA just kind of caved and took like a not great deal? Or is it like, good for them, they're happy? I mean, the DGA made a deal that their members voted for. Uh, so clearly their membership feels like that's the deal they wanted. I, you know, I, I'm not in that union. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to be. I, uh, I think that they, they made what they thought is a, is a very good deal. And I can't really judge it, honestly. But I, I judge it based on the support their own members give to it. Uh, and if their own members are happy with it and vote it up and say, yeah, this is what we wanted, 
I mean, uh, the story is, is that threshold fifty percent? Like, has a union ever rejected a deal in that you've heard of? I think that happened. Uh, Why well, I, I don't want to misstate. It was. I think it was SAG had a deal that was voted down by the membership at some point. I don't remember whether that was. And I might that might not be accurate. I may not. I may be misremembering. But yeah, the threshold is fifty percent. But they got like I don't know. It was over eight. It was over eighty. I mean, oh, it, was wow. a, it was. It was a. It was a strong. It was a strong upvote. So again, like everybody looks after their own house and, uh, and that, that deal for, for the director's guild worked for them. Yeah. There's a quick impression of directors on set right now and action. (laughs) My my cricket noise. Sorry. Yeah, 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 I got it. Better whistler than I thought. I laughed. I laughed at (laughs) it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, now before we let you go, do you have, um, any kind of message for the writers who are who are listening right now in terms of like, you know, a message of, of hope for us going mm-hmm. forward? Well, I mean, I, I think that I'm just so impressed. And this is probably where the emotional stick attack is going to happen to me. I'm just Good. so impressed with the members of our union, the way they they stood up for themselves, that it's it's hot out there. They show up for the picket lines. They're determined. I know that many of them are scared. Uh, I know that many of them would like this to be over. Nobody wants it over more than me. Uh, (laughs) But I also, I I know that because of their strength and because of the determination and their understanding, not just of their own situation, but of of their fellow union members, I've I've soaked to so many members who are like, well, I was still working in network television, uh, so I was doing fine, but I see the reality of, of how the business has changed. And so this fight is very meaningful. And I've had that conversation numerous times. Uh, and then I've had other conversations with people who were really struggling and just got their first job and, and had to go out on the picket line a week later and yet understand, no, this is important. And that unity and that solidarity uh, is going to win the day and the companies will make a deal and this will end and it will be a much better deal uh, than we walked away from on May 1st. And it's all because of uh, the strength of the people in this union. Well, that's, that's a people. great message. That's a great message. And I can't think of a better way to, to wrap this up today. David, First of all, thank you for coming back here. Um, yeah. I know that you are incredibly busy, especially these days, and I couldn't think of a you know a better person to be um, at the tip of the spear, as you said. Oh, um, you've been through this before. Uh, you're great at it. Feels like capable hands. So we appreciate all the work that you're doing for all the writers out there, our entire union, and we wish you the best of luck going forward. Well, thank you. So I always have a always have a great time with you guys. Thanks. For yeah. that. In good. the words of Airplane, good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> 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 all right. Thank you, David Goodman, uh, thank and you. Uh, thank you to all of our fans listening. Thank you, Goldie and JC, for always being awesome. Thank and you. we will talk to you again next week. That was fun. Be a part. Don't be a part. <laughs>